So uh, what I want to do tonight, I want to have a sort of a bit of a, a think together. Is that all right? Because every now and then uh, there's, there's something in particular that sort of just gets, stirs, stirs my thinking. Um, and uh, I know when, when God's doing that, there, there, there's, there's stuff that's forming in me that, that will actually uh, sort of pop out eventually in a shape. But it's actually not quite fully shaped up yet. So are you happy if I do some thinking with you? Will that be all right? And you think along with me? So some of the, the, the students in, in, in day school have, have, have been sort of my guinea pigs already with some of these thinking. So, so Davina, you'll be ready for this stuff. Okay, another. So anybody else? So, so my brain's been, brain's been buzzing. How many of you came because you saw the title of the sermon tonight and you were intrigued? <laughs> Nobody. Oh, well, that's a shame, really. <laughs> you were coming anyway, so here we go. So this, 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 this sermon is going to be called Pack Your Coffee. And so you go, oh, okay, so what's that, what's that about? Okay, so I'm going to read this out. So a century ago, actually, this has got a few typos in it, but I'll, so. A century ago, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. They purchased single tickets to the mission field without the return half. Instead of suitcases, they packed their few earthly belongings into coffins. That's impressive, isn't it? As they sailed out of port, they waved goodbye to everyone they loved, everything they knew. They knew they'd never return home. A.W. Milne was one of those missionaries. He set sail for the New Hebrides in the South Pacific knowing full well that the headhunters who lived there had martyred every missionary before him. Just, just think of that for a moment. So every missionary who's gone before you, these people have killed. That takes some courage, doesn't it? Milne did not fear for his life, I like this. Milne did not fear for his life because he'd already died to himself. There's a secret right there. <laughs> what happens when you're baptised? B- baptism is a recognition and once the ceiling of what is what is the tr- basic truth of Christianity that you die to a previous life and you're raised again to a new one. When you're when you're born again, it's not snazzying up your existing life. It's not sort of a little bit of reconstruction. It's actually, boom, that one's dead. You've got a new life. That's what, born again, that's what it means. It's actually a new life. A lot of people think, oh, well, if I get Jesus, then it'll make my life a bit better. No one, it'll kill it. (laughs) That's the point. I remember somebody said, we'll have to give up smoking if I become a Christian. I said, no, you have to give up everything. Jesus is quite straightforward about it. He says, you can't see the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. It's not being difficult, he's just being real. There is a reality. You know, when there's only one answer to something, that's that's not arrogant. It's certain, it's helpful. Two and two equals four. Yeah? It's the right answer. So when Jesus gives us one, one way answers, I am the only way, it's great. It's not an arrogant statement. It's, it's a certain statement. If you thought, well, actually, I'm one of the ways, then there's a few others around, dotted here and there. You, 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 oh, which one? I don't know what to choose. No, he says, I am the way. And the wonderful truth of Christianity is that he is the way, and he's worth dying for. He'd already died himself. His coffin was packed for 35 years. So he, he survived for 35 years. He lived among the tribes and loved them. When he died, 
tribe members buried him in the middle of their village and inscribed this epitaph on his tombstone. This gets me emotional. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. (laughs) When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. So here we go. When did we start believing that God wants to send us to a safe place to do easy things? That faithfulness is holding the fort? That playing it safe is safe? That there is a greater privilege than sacrifice? That radical is anything but normal? Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. (laughs) Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. Faithfulness is not holding the fort, it's storming the gates of hell. The will of God is not an insurance plan, it's a daring plan. The complete surrender of your life to the cause of Christ is not radical, it's normal. It's time to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. <laughs> oh, I love that. You got to, okay, let's finish that again. Okay. It, it's time to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Woo. It's time to go all in and all out for the all in all. Pack your coffin. And that's a quote from a book by a guy called Mark Batterson. I've not read it yet. I said I've just downloaded the first chapter of Kindle because you get that free new advertising. I thought I'd try, try him out before. I, see if he's got anything else to say. But um, anyway, now this has got my attention. My sister sent me this. She said, she said, she said this to me. She said, I think you'll enjoy this. And she was right because this has been buzzing around in my head. And I think, and I thought, wow, I wouldn't mind that as an epitaph, would you? When he came, there was... No light. When he left, there was no darkness. That almost defines your life mission, doesn't it? So what are we? We are the light of the world. How light is the world? Question. Or how dark is the world? There is darkness in the world, isn't there? And, and the, 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 yeah, there's a kingdom of darkness. And um, so I've been thinking about, just meditating on this a, a lot. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I was up in London for the evening for a, a meal with some other folks. And I got the train up um, from Longfield Station near where I live. And uh, I can walk home from the station. And I was walking up the hill. And basically, there were three villages sort of in a row going up the hill. There's Longfield, then there's Hartley, then there's New Ash Green where I used to live. Now, who lives in New Ash Green? One or two of you do. It's, it's dark there at night, isn't it? Not many, not many, not many lights. There are some lights there at night, but it's, it's all low level and dark. A bit tricky to see your way, way around in the, at night time? Yeah. Um, I lived there for 28 years. You sort of get used to it. I'm, I remember went out for a run once when I was just started living in New Ash Green. Went out for a run in the dark. Not a good idea. Stumbled and tripped because you can't, just can't see, see what you're doing. Anyway, so I moved to Hartley. <coughs> Um, and uh, Hartley has no street lights whatsoever. It doesn't just have one. Well, it's an interesting place, but it has no street lights. I don't know why. It just doesn't. Um, anyway, I was walking up from Longfield, and, and it never struck me before, because 
well, I can't remember having walked up in the, in the dark before. So, <laughs> but I got to paint on a hill where the light just stopped. Because there's street lights. And I think it'd probably go from one council to the next. But it, <laughs> the light just stopped and you walked into darkness. I thought, well, this is interesting. So why isn't, why isn't that place light? Why isn't Hartley light? Because I've got lights. <laughs> this is quite simple, this. It's not going to get much more complicated than this. But <laughs> the, the, the theme's going to be kind of re- recurring. Is it? So, 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 so I thought, ah, okay. Um, so this came through, so I've been, I've been thinking around this. So, so, so it made me think, okay, well, if, if I was to want to make Hartley full of light, I'm not sure the parish council are going to let me, but you know, it's, 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 I'm just imagining, what would I have to do? Well, I'd have to establish lights throughout the whole village, wouldn't I? Where would you start? Well, I don't know where you'd start, but in one sense, I would just think, well, if I, if I advance, say I put one 50 yards from the boundary where there was light, how, how, how often do you need a street light to, to get it fully light? I'm just, I'm going in my imagination with this. Um, <clears throat> because there is no doubt that we live amongst darkness. And is darkness increasing or is it decreasing? Decreasing, increasing. It's, it's interesting. I, w- I would suggest it's, it's, it, there's swings that come and go, actually. That there are, there are some places where you think, whoa, we got more light, and then some places actually, wow. Um, I'm just going to throw this one out there. As a, as a doctor, you know, I think that the, the atmosphere within the National Health Service is darker now than it was 10 years ago. That's not blame. That's my, 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 there's far more fear within it. Um, there's a lot of people more discontent within it. I'm talking about people working in it, not just those people, people experiencing it from the other side. It's, it's, there's a reality. The, the morale of the people who work within the National Health Service is as, as low as I think I've ever seen it. Uh, so I thought, well, what is that? Well, who's going to do something about that? Well, I am. Why? Because I'm, I'm I've got things to bear upon these sorts of things. And so in every area of life, we have something to do. So anyway, so this, I thought, you know what? I'm going to make sure my life counts. I'm not saying it hasn't done, but it's, it's a sense of darkness. Another thing that came that was, um, happened here a few years ago uh, was a, an elderly gentleman was brought to our healing centre one Saturday morning, and his daughter brought him along. Um, daughter knows Eastgate. It was his first time here. Um, and uh, this gentleman suffered with dementia. Um, but while he was in Eastgate building, he didn't have dementia. He was in his right mind. But when he left, his dementia came back. Now, that really got me thinking. Because I think this was one of those ones where you think, what, what happened or what didn't happen? What, you could even say, what went wrong? Did something go wrong? Did, you know, did he get healed? Didn't he get healed? You know what I'm saying? Did he get healed and he lost it? Was he not healed in the first place? You just thought something was going on? All, all those, you, you know I mean? these, this is, these are thoughts that will go through your brain. Anybody ever wondered why somebody seemed to be healed and they're no longer healed? You're not thought of this stuff. You need to get in my brain. It's funny. It's funny inside of it. 
Because I'm trying to be real with you. Actually, there's this, you think, ah, I pray for that person, and they seem to do that. An amazing, ah, God broke in. Then about six weeks later, you know, we're in again. What went on? How do you deal with that? Because that's pretty big. That's that's a challenge. It's disappointing. It's it's, it's a challenge to, to, to well, is this stuff real? What's going on? Hmm. Okay. So if I suggest to you tonight, when you go home in your house, it's dark. Go in your bedroom. It's dark in the bedroom. Are you going to stumble around in the dark, trying to find your bedclothes and whatever, or, you know, book to read? I, I, I suggest most of us have got a remedy for that. <laughs> Any, anybody got the house without a remedy for that, or are you still in the candle age or something? You know, and that most of us have got a little switch somewhere that's reasonably accessible, and you go, dunk, and you think, bloody light just came. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's accessible. <clears throat> but just because you got it unless you plug into it it's no use to you but you can also turn it off again can't you <clears throat> so, so, <laughs> so I'm wondering how much of our light can we turn on and off not willfully I'm saying but actually help by so, so I've been thinking around this okay so bear with me In Luke chapter 11, it says this. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they're unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. That's interesting. Now, listen to this. This is in the New Living Translation. I like it. It says, see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. <laughs> That's, See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a, light, a lamp shines its light on you. Okay, so, <clears throat> so I'm going to try and help you understand this. If you think, right, this side, kingdom of light. Jesus, not Jesus, kingdom of light, it's easy. This side, kingdom of darkness, devil, bad. Devil, bad, Jesus, good, darkness, light, yeah? So, what, what options does the devil have when it comes to trying to attack you, distract you, or whatever? It's not tricky. Not difficult. Tells you lies. Well, lies. Yeah, lies is one. Yeah, lies. Accusations. Temptation. I'm just going to give you a little clue there. Tempts you. Temptation is. What does he tempt you to do? Sorry. Change your focus. Yeah. See, he tempts you. Temptation is in your brain. So it says in James chapter. one, isn't it? it says, uh, uh, we are tempted by our, in our areas of our desires. Yeah? We're tempted in the area of our desires, and if we let those, uh, that temptation give birth to sin, it says that sin will give birth to death. That's darkness, yes? The consequence. So, so what's the battleground? Your mind. A lot of Christians think the main battleground, the spiritual battleground, is something out there. It's not. 
the main battleground's there. Because I say a lot of people say, oh, it's dark out there, it's dark out there. Yes. Darkness is dark. Don't blame it for being dark. That's that's what it is. It's not its fault. It's dark. It's what it is. It's dark. (laughs) People say, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark. Yes. It's what it is. (laughs) It's not trying to be anything else. It's dark. What's the answer? Oh, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark in this place. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like going into your bedroom today. Oh, it's dark in my bedroom. It's dark. Oh, it's dark. Oh, it's dark. Turn on the blinking light. <laughs> Where's the light? It's between your ears. <laughs> but did that missionary turn on when he decided to go to those people? Sorry? He turned off fear, yeah, because he'd have every reason to be fearful, wouldn't he? What overcomes all fear? Perfect love. What did he demonstrate to those islanders, do we think? Love. Why do you think they killed the first missionaries, the first ones? Probably because of fear. Most people usually kill others because they feel threatened. There might be some others who do it for other more perverse reasons, but broadly speaking, people who kill others do it because they feel threatened for some reason. These islanders felt threatened. Fear, which lives here, darkness. What did they know before he lived there? Darkness. They lived in fear. What, what, what switch has he got to overcome that? Love. Love overcomes fear. So you journey into, you took, I believe it how long did that journey take to get them out of fear? Well, it might have been those 35 years. How about the guys who went before? They just got their heads chopped off. Well, I want to see their part of the story. Their success is that they didn't give in to fear either. Their success was that they shone the light of love. And again, how many of you, how many of you have read the story? Three Great Gates of Splendor? Fantastic, but I, I recommend it to you. It's just a story, a similar story of, of, of five guys who go to an unreached um, uh, people group in, in South America somewhere. Ecuador, is it? Ecuador. And they all get, they all get killed. And I think four of the five wives decide they go, they go back to that exact same place, to the place where the husbands have been killed, to tell that tribe of people that they love them, that they're forgiven. And that, that, that the tribe, they're called the Orcas, A-U-C-A, Orca? What? What? Okay, that's in the book, the Orcas, yeah. You got more information than me, so I'm fine. <clears throat> this tribe were completely transformed by love and forgiveness. Ninety-five percent of them went to Yeah, does that make I've, I've, I've seen a nation changed. New Mexico, a people group, 15,000 15, of them. They're called the Palme. Probably the most hopeless people I've 
lived in abject poverty. Poverty is dark. <clears throat> Got nothing to commend it. I know we can learn to be content in all circumstances, but <clears throat> and these people were completely hopeless. They were so hopeless <clears throat> that they didn't even take the basic uh, health advice of boiling the water before it was drunk because their water supply was full of amoebae. But they were so fatalistic in, in, in their belief that nothing works, nothing helps, nothing will. But they would accept 25% of their children dying before the age of five. And all that could have been overcome by boiling their water. Then on one day, they saw a lad who'd been quadriplegic for ten years get up and walk as I picked him up and put his on his legs and he walked out the door. And that evening, they saw a baby raised from the dead. And what happened was light suddenly arrived in this darkness. And their hope came up because they, they suddenly had hope for change, that there was a God who actually loved them. They'd been taught about a God who was you know, fearful, punishing, judgmental, you know, you know, religion was used to suppress these people. Darkness, religious darkness was used to suppress these people, keep them in their place. Then they found that there was a God who actually loved them enough to heal them. Yeah. See, we, we have the light. We are, we are powerful people, okay? We are powerful people. <laughs> so, I want to ask you... If, <laughs> there's a few things going on. It says Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. That got me thinking as well. How safe was Jesus? Or how safe is Jesus? Is Jesus safe? He's like Aslan. I'm playing around with the safe because it's not a bad word, but actually some of the ways it's being used I think are actually getting a little bit dangerous. Okay. <clears throat> Did Jesus call you to a comfortable life? Apparently not, no, no. <laughs> No, you're getting the idea. Follow me and I'll give you a comfortable life. (laughs) There is a clue to that because the Holy Spirit has a name. Jesus said, I will send the comforter to you. So so that would suggest you're going to need comfort. (laughs) See, there's lots of clues in the Bible if you're just really... Oh, comforter. Thanks. I'm going to need one. Oh, that's nice. Nice. Jesus, thank you. Very nice. Another, there's, another, there's another lovely promise in the Bible. You don't know if you it preached on that says, if you lead a godly life, you will be persecuted. Oh, maybe I don't want to be quite so godly. <laughs> Blessed are you when people insult you. I remember, I remember reading that when I was just become a Christian, and uh, you know it was, it was true because actually I, 
Telling everybody I've become a Christian didn't necessarily get a great response. I thought it, I thought it was supposed to go better than that. This is supposed to be good news. No, we've got all sorts of interesting responses. And then I read that and thought, oh, I'm blessed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm being blessed. I'm being blessed. Well, what, what, what does that mean? It didn't feel like being blessed. <coughs> so. What I've noticed recently is people use the word safe around all sorts of different circumstances like, uh, is this a safe place? Have you heard that? Is this a safe place? Are you a safe place? I feel safe around you. I'm not saying this is bad things. I'm just, I'm just. But, but, but I have also heard it. This is. I've been keeping my ears picked open for this. I'm just noticing that sometimes words get what are called weaponized. Which means they get used to, to, to actually to, to attack people. So, oh, I thought you were my safe place. <laughs> yeah. Which is one of those phrases which leaves you with condemnation. Because it's got no specifics to it. It just leaves you feeling bleh. And, and somehow it becomes your fault for somebody feeling insecure, uncomfortable, whatever that is. It's... it's and it's like when people use the culture of honour and say, huh, didn't feel honoured. There, there, there's all sorts of ways that, 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 that words get used. When they get weaponised into accusations, effectively, against the, then something's gone wrong. Because I would suggest that the accusation sits in the realm of darkness. It's actually one of the devil's key, key tactics. So once, once words actually form some degree of accusation within them, they're not lined with light. They're actually lined with darkness. Does that make sense to you? So even the same, even the same way. I'm not, so I'm not saying the word is wrong. It's just actually the usage of the word and the twisting of it sometimes into things. How about you? Have all had this experience when somebody says sorry to you. You know whether they mean it or not, don't you? Sorry. Which is. I know I have to say this, it's a social requirement, but you're going to know I'm not really sorry, and you are still in the doghouse. You wouldn't do that, would you, ever? No. Let me ask you, does that bring reconciliation or distance? Yeah, you'll know it's fruit. See, the stuff that lives in the light has really good fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. There's one other, I've forgotten. <coughs> so, <coughs> Jesus hasn't called you to a comfortable life. What did Jesus call you to? Have you ever thought of that? What, what invitation did Jesus give to people in the New Testament? If you read the Gospels, what, what, there's only really one invitation he says. Follow me. You going to follow me? Yep, if you give me some more details. <laughs> I need to know what's, what that's going to look like because I need to feel safe around you. Or I need a degree more certainty on that before we sign the contract. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> follow me. 
See, what Jesus was, was inviting you into was, was, was a, 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 an extraordinary degree of trust. Again, one of my favourite stories, basis for my first book, was the story of Lazarus. And it's quite clear that it says that where Lazarus was living, they were they were they were, they were a distance away when they got news that Lazarus had died, and Jesus didn't go back. And the, and the disciples were quite pleased about that. Why? Because actually they just come from there where they'd been threatened with being stoned. So it seems a good idea not, that Jesus did what. what Remote healing. Know that remote stuff? Easy. Don't have, no risk. Don't have to go to those nasty places. They just do that risk, risk-free remote healing, Jesus. That's really well done. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> and then he, then he drops, drops the bombshell on them. Oh, by the way, Lazarus is dead. And he said, funny, what did he say? He said, this won't end in death. You go, but look, well, looks like it. And, it's, this won't, <laughs> and he says, and we're going back. And they go, why? Why? And, and, and Thomas is the spokesman. He says, and Thomas comes up with a great idea. It's well, we so we can all die together. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's in the story. I'm not making, yeah, really. So, ah, ah. Uh, and now, what I want to say is, is, did Jesus call you to a life that will follow Him no matter what? Cool. And I think that's a challenge. I think, I'm just, a quick rain check. How serious are we about taking light to overcome darkness? How serious are we? Does it, does it bother enough, us enough to be the light in the darkness? <clears throat> and, uh, I remember when I was, I was born again on this premise that Jesus was worth dying for. Um, and the reality behind that was because I had, I had a pretty good life. Uh, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking for supplements. I wasn't, you know, my, my life was good. I was happy, you know, success, successful. And then I discovered Jesus. Now this is what, <coughs> what it says in Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in the field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. So, so, so it's a question I want to ask you, just kind of challenge you. Is Jesus your pearl of great price? Or is he a supplement to the life you've already got? I don't think, when, when we preach a gospel that's not fully this, then we don't prepare people for what Jesus is asking of them, to follow him. Yeah? I, I don't think Jesus didn't preach the gospel of come, come to me and be comfortable and safe. Jesus didn't offer a safe place. Now, he is the safe place. I want to say this. He's the good shepherd and shepherd kept the floor. But if I ask you, what is your safe place? I think there's only one answer. He's my safe place. 
He's my safe place. Because actually, there is a reality of that safety, which is in eternity. It's it's actually, my my safe place is, is reserved, it's waiting for me. Nobody can ever take it away. My safe place is in eternity. I don't think I'm going to find that degree of safety that I might be looking for here on earth. Or if I try and find it, I'm, I'm avoiding the mission that I've been given. I will not have the same mission when I get to heaven because there will be no darkness there. When you get to heaven, what you will be doing is you will be enjoying light forevermore and, and discovering that the eternal beauty and, and, and boundlessness of the delight of, of who God is and his creation. But while we're here on earth, we've got a mission <coughs> to overcome darkness. That was Jesus' mission. So Jesus came to destroy all the works of the evil one. Yeah? Dest- How many works was he going to destroy? All of them. Did he finish his bit of the work? It is finished. He overcame everything. Who gets to carry on the work? We do. Is that good news? Yes. (laughs) Who gets to do the works of Jesus? Anyone who has faith in him. John 14. Who gets to do the works of Jesus? Anyone who has faith in Jesus. Who gets to do the greater works than Jesus? We do. That is extraordinary. I, 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 I can never get my brain away from that verse in the sense of, that is unbelievable humility on God's part not to reserve the greatest works for himself. Isn't that anything? That is extraordinary. Wow. And again, I, won't, I haven't got time to go into what greater works look like, but, but I can tell you two. Eradicating disease which the medical world have already done successfully to some degree with some diseases. And changing nations. Jesus didn't change his nation. Did he? Mm, No, I don't think so. Historically, Jesus didn't change his nation in his day. What he did was give us the opportunity to change nations. So who's going to change this nation? Yeah, me. You. And this is like, how, how am I going to see it? This is where I've got in my mind. How am I going to do this? One street lamp at a time. One street lamp at a time. I'm going to get a street lamp in place. I'm going to make sure it's got electricity to it. It's got a bulb in it and I'm going to turn it on. I'm going to make sure it stays there and it stays and it's resisted. Because actually darkness will try and crunch back. I'm going to establish things and then we're going to move forward. Now this is what the Bible says about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is advancing. Okay. Um, let's say this. Matthew 11 verse 12 from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now the kingdom of heaven has been advancing what way? forcefully it it doesn't advance passively it advances by us being forceful not in a nasty way but with our faith I am determined I am absolutely determined that I will not tolerate darkness and I am going to put light on display love will overcome fear Okay, so I've got two great grandchildren, two grandchildren who are great, not two great grandchildren, that would be maybe too old. Two grand. <coughs> Do I want them to be brought up in fear? No, no, they're not. They've got, so, so, so anything I can do to know, help them know that they are loved unconditionally beyond the measure, 
yeah, then that is helping them be raised in a way that is free of fear. That's light. So this, I had a bit of interaction with Zoe and Sam this weekend, and I was chatting to Zoe and said, said you know, you're amazing. She goes, yes, I do. I thought, yes, great. So she's got it. And you know, you're loved. Yes. My, my, my favorite quote of the week this, this, this week was, Grandad, you're fun. Yes. <laughs> Why is that important? I think fun's part of God's kingdom. Misery is not, by the way. Misery, misery is not. In, that's in darkness. Which is why it's so sad when, when, when people view churches as places of misery. Or guilt. Don't go there, they make you feel guilty. That's dark. Guilt is in the dark. What, what, what's the message we got? Life, light, forgiveness of sins, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We got the antidotes for all the aspects of darkness, and I haven't got time to go into all of them, but you could list them out. Just think, anxiety. Anxiety is dark. What have we got to overcome that? Peace. It's easy. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace that will guard your heart and your mind. That's brilliant. How many people in the world would like peace of mind? Everybody. That's one of the things. Now, what's the tragedy? How many Christians don't enjoy that for themselves? Now, so, so, so if the light within you is darkness, what can you radiate? Darkness. Are you with me? These things are very important. So if the light within you, so if you're meant to live in righteousness, joy and peace, peace that passes all understanding, a peace that will guard in your heart and your mind. But if, if somehow you don't enjoy the benefits of that life like yourself, but you're overcome by fear, worry, anxiety, then your light is no longer light. It's darkness. But it's probably the simplest illustration I can give. I'll, I'll ask this question. It's always, I know the answer. So it's not going to surprise me. How many of you know how to lose your peace? Anybody got any problem with that one? Oh, no, 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 I'll do that on a regular basis. I come over here and have a little camp over here and be miserable and worried. And then, oh, thank goodness I come back over here. Oh, no, I didn't get that far. I've got more something else to worry about. <laughs> there's always something to worry about. Why is there always something? Oh, yeah, there's always something. The Bible says that. Every day has got enough trouble of its own. Shouldn't come as a surprise. Everybody's got, well, well blow me. That's, the Bible says every day has got enough trouble. You should worry. No, no, no. No, <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, it'll happen. What have you got? Peace. Beautiful peace. So, if we know how to lose our peace, is it surprised that we might know how to lose our healing? Are you with me on that one? I think this is really important. Because none, none of us struggle with losing our peace. It's just, oh, we accept that as granted. That's normal. Why? Because we haven't quite got the light sorted out yet. We we retreat into darkness. <clears throat> now, if if darkness is predominant, then we shouldn't be surprised if healing is not predominant. <laughs> I 
Is this okay? <laughs> I got you thinking. <laughs> I told you I would. All the benefits of the kingdom of light will be found in the light. But they will be opposed by darkness. And if we allow ourselves in our brains, where does your brain live? Effectively. So you've got a spirit inside you who wants to flow into your brain. You are a spiritual being with a body. And there's the Holy Spirit inside you <coughs> who's got life. Do you know what the fruit of the Spirit is? Love, joy, peace. So if he's flowing through you, what have you got? You've got fruit overflowing. Do you know what? When the world looks on and sees that fruit, he goes, I'd like me some of that. <coughs> how, come, how, come you're, how come you're not worried? How come you're so happy? How come you seem to have solutions? Where do you get those ideas from? Oh, God's speaking to me all the time. So, every hospital I worked in and every, um, yeah, pretty much every medical place I worked in, I was known as the happy doctor. Why, actually, because actually, under the most intense pressure, and I don't mean the most intense pressure, I used to work 136 hours a week, some weeks in the children's hospital, which was on the cutting edge of cardiac surgery for young children, and some of them didn't just didn't make it because we weren't that advanced in those days. How do you keep your peace and joy in those situations? Am I sad? Yeah, I'm sad. My daughter was two days old when I started that job. My son was two and a half. It was very difficult not to personalise it, I can assure you. But if you got, I've got peace that passes all understanding. I've got a joy that's that's immeasurable I've got a love that is eternal and what's my source? It's, I've got light inside me yeah? he's the light of the world and he makes me because he's the light of the world I'm the light of the world that's how it works so if, if, if my prime source is him inside me then the fruit of the Spirit will be evident. The light will shine. But if my prime source of, of, of what's, what's informing my brain and my thinking is not him, it's... It's always embarrassing when that goes. I won't tell you. We won't put your name on the tape. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Just a little tip. Silence. Silence is a good idea. I don't have to think. Here's a preacher. I'll put mine on silence. It's more embarrassing if it goes off while you're preaching. Okay, so... So, what I'm trying to say is, is we, we have a battle. Would you not like the epitaph at the end of your life to say, when she came, there was no light. When she left, there was no darkness. That can be true of workplaces, schools, Universities that can be true every week, every week for you, not just a 35-year program. That could be true tomorrow. Wow! When that person arrived, we were in such a mess. But blimey, light! Something happened. We can tell you stories about this. We've got people going into the A&E department in Medway Hospital at the moment, and the, the staff there are now welcoming them in. And they, what they do? Ah, oh, thank goodness you're here. Can you go over there? We've got real mayhem going over there. What they? This is true. Sasha, this is what's happened. Happened the other day. 
got a story of it. Come over here. What do you, what do you bring to bear? We bring peace to bear. Want to know this, Sasha? Just wave, Sasha. Sasha's got some stories about this. Just underlined. This is powerful. We can bring light to these situations, not just to have a little, slightly more comfortable, safe Christian life. That's not the point. We're meant to be dangerous. To what? To darkness. So I'm going to invite, if you want to be dangerous to darkness, why don't you stand up and join with me, eh? So I'm going to lead you through a bit. Now, what's really important, do not feel coerced, because it's ever so easy to feel you have to go along. Please do not feel like you, you have to go along with me. If this isn't coming from your heart and your mind, then, then it's not going to ring true with you. And I'm not after that, but if, if you're happy to follow me, I, I want to, to, to just lead you through on some stuff. Whoa! <laughs> I want you to imagine packing your coffin. I know that sounds a bit morbid and macabre, but it's, uh, I just, the sense of, I don't have to necessarily get all the details, but I just want in your mind say, actually, that's what, I'm on a one-way ticket through this life. I'm on a one-way ticket through this life, and I know where I'm headed. I'm headed for heaven. Aren't we, Steph? <laughs> and we're going to bring as much of heaven down to earth while we're on route. I want you to welcome the comforter into your life. Acknowledging that you're going to need comfort. But he has got more than you'll ever need. I want you to just think about the places you're going to be in this coming week. Home, work, other places. I want you to resolve that other people's experience of you will be light. The testimony is coming out from just all the people here. Wow. So much light was shone into the world that we would have, by the time it comes around to next Sunday, we would have planted street lamps. That will start to roll back darkness. Have a quick look around you and just think, wow, we could get a lot of light into the world this week. Couldn't we? We could get a lot of light into the world this week. Now I want you to pray for one another in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you need the Holy Spirit to do this stuff. You you can't do it on your own. Don't try and do it on your own. But the Holy Spirit is inside you. If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit inside you. If you're not born again, please talk to us. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus, who is the most amazing person. But if you've been born again, you have the Holy Spirit inside you. He is the light of the world. And I want you to release that light out through each other's lives. Okay.